before this episode starts, I just want to preface that my audio is going to sound not so good because I only had one extension cord, so David's voice is going to sound extra crisp because he's the guest, and yeah, just wanted to let you know. Welcome back to Joyage. I'm Cade, your guide. I'll be, play- I'll be replacing the little voice inside your head for now, giving you a break from the constant internal monologue that is the human mind. I want to say first and foremost, thank you for listening and viewing on whichever platform you're on. Go ahead and hit subscribe. If you haven't already, hit that like button so other people can join the voyage. Today, I have a very, very special guest. If you live in Charleston, I'm sure you know him. He's probably a little too famous. He was my teammate back in high school, my roommate in college. He's a pawn star. He's a businessman. Most importantly, one of my closest, closest friends. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce Joe Davis Spivey. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Yeah. That's, a, that's quite a resume you gave me there. I wrote it. It took, it took a few minutes. Yeah. Wow. Uh, just to think of all of my accomplishments, you know. It's it's a lot of accomplishments. I mean, what what it would be to be my teammate in high school, you know? <laughs> a, a sheer privilege. It really is. <laughs> all right, so today we're going to talk about a wide range of topics. We got stonks, we got drugs, depression, education, religion, and the meaning of life. You're not going to want to miss any of it. So David, you can talk about like your 30 second of like where you are right now in this moment, just so people like know who you are, like right now, like what you're doing, that kind of thing. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm 22. Um, I'm in Charleston. Uh, I was two years into college, dropped out. Um, like you said, I'm working at a pawn shop. Um, yeah, just more reflect, being more reflective and uh, just understanding myself more, putting more value and investment in yourself for a more secured future. I, I think people lose grasp of that a lot. They yeah. try actually like you know, a lot of people think that it's like a video game that the amount of work and that you directly put in will automatically have an equivalent outcome of good benefits, money, job, security, whatever it may be. And the reality of the situation is like really doesn't work that way. Yeah. A lot of the stuff you have to learn the hard way and you have to go through the school of hard knocks to be able to learn those lessons and yeah, that's that's where I'm at. I think it's super interesting how your perspective changed from like I mean, just inherent like cult which is like being brainwashed basically mm-hmm. going from that to like woke and then like going that whole transition i mean you basically went from like cult to like going to like a the christian or the whatever school it was oh yeah Palmetto. yeah and then you went to west ashley with my school like all public just like kids everywhere like breaking rules but you stay good you stay like hella on point you were like doing grades this is before i knew anything about him all i knew is he liked soccer and he was smart and he was tall <laughs> that's the only thing i knew about you and then like you, when they went to college, we became friends, and then, shit, you went from, like, school, 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 and, like, well, it, it, what it seemed from us, at least, like, school, 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 and then just kind of, like, changed, I guess, like, perspective changed and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, no, most definitely. <laughs> um, I think, honestly, I, I don't think I would have as much of a desire to understand the world in its entirety without that experience early on i don't think like yeah i I don't regret a lot of the stuff that happened um it sucked it sucked a lot uh but i don't regret it because um that amount of stress builds character it's the same like when you work out or whatever you know that, that amount of stress pays off and you know I, I think it's made me a more mature person now because I mean like back then you know I was born into like you said a cult um, not really the you know sexually promiscuous or snake holding cult, cult but a very mind controlling cult like um, no real concept of 
free will or autonomy um really pressured into servitude a lot like being selfless was a huge thing so the idea of now putting yourself like foremost and like trying to better yourself and to actively love yourself was such and still is such a foreign concept um yeah like that that, that was just bash out of you it was a lot of like what i guess would be called gaslighting now true um is it similar to like even now with well at least what i've seen some some like big political leaders like trump for example mm-hmm. and then like even the people like elon musk they're creating I don't know what a cult is like genuinely, but it seems like a cult-like following because some of the things they do, like they have some die-hard fans, like super die-hard. They they don't care what they do, and it's because they love them so much. And I think sometimes Elon Musk will tweet things to like he. I think he's trying to become like the people's man. Yeah. Because he's trying to like save our like fix our problems. He's talking about and like when he introduces things like Neuralink technology, mm-hmm. where it's very very like on edge like what exactly is like is that right the right thing to do is that like immoral but like if everyone likes him then it's a lot easier for him to pass something like that and get people to join so i'm like is he trying to like get like a cult following going? like do you get that vibe at all not exactly but i, I do have to admit i'm a elon musk fanboy so i i hopped on that bandwagon um i i think there's a difference between a cult and a um like a following and um so I, I had a really good religions professor uh my freshman and sophomore year at in college charleston um dr Lowe. um he described what he thought as a spirit as when you're involved in an activity or a ceremony or a situation that involves more than just you mm-hmm. um and a ton of people are actively giving up their, are being selfless towards a cause, you know. Um, th- this comes in many forms, everything from football games, that spirit, that camaraderie, that you know, rooting for your team or rooting against another team. Uh, you also see it in forms of, like, nationalism. You see it in forms of um, tribalism, politics. You know, you, you see it everywhere. I don't think Elon Musk is necessarily coming from that category, even though it's not hard for someone to turn cult, you know, like once you have that kind of power, it's all about what you do with it. Um, My definition of a cult is whenever you start stripping away people's autonomy and their free will and their um, ability to ask questions and receive truthful answers. I think that's when it starts falling apart. You were talking about when you first, when you were like really, really young, like dealing with just like some horrible messed up shit how you even like come out of that even somewhat normal like functioning in normal society like is it how you just it's all in your head and you're just like thinking on a different level but you're kind of acting on our on our level like normal human muggles (laughs) or like um yeah i wouldn't say it exactly that way but i kind of get what you're probably talking about um yeah, like, my, my upbringing, like, for the first eight years of my life, I didn't really know anyone outside of my family or my church. Mm-hmm. So my entire pool of people that I knew existed was in the span of 50 to 75 people. Um, I didn't understand a lot of culture. Um, going to school was a massive culture shock. Like, I didn't... Oh, I didn't understand everything from terms, lingo, to why people did things, why things were important, manners, mannerisms, you know, you name it. Like, I, 
from about 10 years old to 16 years old, I would say. I, I just actively studied people and, and, and made mistakes and, you know, tried and failed and experimented with. And, uh, and, and through all this, it was, it was really weird. Like, I never had a sense of identity. Um, the only, the closest thing I would say was um, identified as a Christian, but even that was kind of torn away pretty young. And I you saw You mean the, like an individual identity? Yeah, just like identity of who I was, what I was here for, uh, what the purpose of um, just really in, like any source of identity. Yeah. Um, and so I, I became a chameleon in a lot of ways. I would, uh, I'd fit in with any group because I was really able to pick up mannerisms and cues um, I'm, I'm pretty empathetic, so I understand what people want out of a conversation, yeah. and uh, and just most of the time, I would just give them what they want out of a conversation, really appeal to their nature. Mo- most people don't take the time to listen to other people, like really listen, instead yeah. of just waiting for them to talk again, genuinely giving thought and critique or uh, compliments to whatever they said. Um, and, and that's just what I did. And uh, But yeah. Like, it, it, it was just no identity. Um, That's crazy. That no understanding of what was going on, culture, a, a lot of things. Just complete shattering of worldview for time after time after time. After oh, time. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Man, I don't even, like... I remember we had talked about this a long time ago, like, how you basically just evolved, like, out of that lifestyle. And then tried to like fit back in so i remember when you came to high school we didn't really know to think of you either yeah. oh wait wait at, at that point when you were in high school where were you at on so a, a lot of my adolescent life was consumed with just a lot of anger um mainly because of the stuff that was done to me um the environments and yeah, and just the environment, the things that were done to me, the um, exposure, like humiliation. And stuff so it was like all that. in your head. Was it like swirling your head? Like, are you like thinking these things as you're like walking to class? Like you're in math class and you walk past someone and you're like, oh my God. Like, No, not, not at all, actually. Like there were certain traumatic events that happened to me that um, I remember going to a youth group pastor. Uh, his name was Aubrey. And I, I, I sat him down one day and I was like, dude, I, I can't remember certain parts of my childhood like two year spans i just don't remember them and, and, and like i my my life was a lot of um internalizing things and then actively pushing them out of my mind like it was a it was yeah, an yeah, active yeah. discipline of yeah. ignoring but that pain doesn't go away right and so you turn it to anger and with that anger it motivates you to work harder to to beat something to that you're basically I would like convince myself and, and it's also really interesting like what the mind does to convince itself that it's okay and to keep dude it. oh my god I know like you lie to yourself so much you, you will change your own reality in order to in like five seconds you'll yeah. just change your mind you'll be on something so hard and then tomorrow you're like eh. yeah. <laughs> oh, never mind you're like what like that's why I hate when people ask I'll be like I don't know I'll come in from like a run and uh, my dad will be like, right, I'll, I'll, no, I'll go on a run and I'll be like, I'm going to go run six miles. And I'll tell my dad I'm going to run six miles. And I'll come back 
and he'll ask me like how far I went and I'll like get upset in my head like just in my head and I'll be like it doesn't matter how far I ran like I'm just running from like my health and I'm, I'm like going like nuts in my head because I'll just like random things will happen and then I'll change my mind and then I have to tell other people that I changed my mind mm -hmm. and then like no one like understands you know like no one really understands why you do whatever you do no one understands like the emotions that are going on in your head except yourself like nothing you do really can can make sense to someone else which is super annoying <laughs> to be honest for me at least but I honestly think it's selfish of people to assume that they need to know or that they have the right to know yeah. because like this is one thing that I really notice when and I'll probably talk about society and politics a good bit but oh yeah right on um, we we're, we're void of any redemptive qualities um, th th there's no road to redemption to to give back to where you were if you commit a crime or you do something wrong or you make a mistake or even you have an erroneous viewpoint on something now in our society that there is no room to be wrong yeah and and, and it makes it neuters people it makes people scared to ever venture out right. and, and that's why we're always so self-consumed on what we look like because we're afraid of the consequences of failing yeah it's messed up i think i think it's social media because we're seeing it just like stuffed down our throat mm -hmm. just like what not it's not like they're out there saying you should do this you should do that you should look like this you should look like that but like we just internalize it and we're just like oh, i want to be like that because you see that their likes you see their money and you're like oh, i should be there and like my issue is i'll see people like my age on instagram and i'm like how are these people just like they did like one thing and it just took off immediately and i'm like oh it's so frustrating but like you like can't help but compare you're not even comparing but you're just like wistfully thinking like why is that not me or something yeah, but I feel like, of course, we're comparing. Like, and I think that's where a lot of people, um, you know, fall short. You know, there's one thing I got from being indoctrinated by the Bible all the time is that the love of money really is the root of all evil. True. If, if, you, if you use financial well-being as your scale of your worth, of, uh, yeah, of your worth, your self-worth, uh, if that means everything to you, it, it's bound to collapse it, it, at any point. So why do we do it? Why we know that I even know that, but I can't help it because I don't have the money. You know, like I can't help but tie my feeling of self worth to money. I'm trying not to, but yeah. a little bit in my head, I'm like, fuck, I should have like gone to work and like made money instead of taking a day off, or I should have like gotten a better job that's more money because then it would it would fix this or would fix that. You know, like in your head. But like, why do I still think that when I know it's wrong? I taunt myself with it. So uh, Frederick Nietzsche, he has this idea of like master and slave morality. Um, slave morality being more like your your followers, your sheep kind of individuals. Uh, that mic a little bit. Like the, uh, the oh, like point it towards me. I mean, it still works, but like, oh, this is actually more comfortable anyway. So he has the concept of slave morality, and then he has the concept of master morality. And master morality allows or is for individuals who have the courage to accept reality on reality's terms and say um i'm gonna grab this horn by the bull or this bull by the horns and see how far i can ride you know like you your self-worth because at the end of the day like how i look at my life i want to be dying on my deathbed and look back and be like you know what that was a good experience you know i like like i made the most of that shit like the, my my bucket list is like like fuck the yeah, family yeah. fuck the friends 
I want to know that that time was well spent because at the end of the day, that's going to be your biggest regret. And I don't want to go out thinking, shit, I really should have traveled to out of South Carolina and then dead, you know? Do you think that's something you would find? Like when I think of that, I've seen people talk about that. Like you don't want to be on your deathbed and like be filled with regret. But in my head, I'm like, how could it, how could you get to your deathbed and not have had that realization yet? You know, like I want to have that, or I'm trying to get people to have that realization like as soon as possible. That's what my platform is. Like I want to try and like bring awareness that way. Like it's not my job to create drive in you to do something different, but it's my job to like bring the awareness since I have the awareness, uh, to like go and do the thing that you're like scared to do. Cause I'm like, I went and did this with the podcast. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. It took me a few things to like get into it. I'm worlds away from like where I want to be on it. But like I did start step one, which is get my equipment and like record one. Mm-hmm. And then like trying different ways. This is the first guest podcast. I still don't, I definitely don't know what I'm doing with a guest podcast yet. And honestly, what we're probably going to do is I'm probably going to post part two. Mm-hmm. first because by part two we'll be so like relaxed and we'll be so like casual about it but like the yeah. first 20 minutes is gonna be like <gasps> like uptight you know because we both were like we both were like didn't know how to like sit like how to be you know but uh yeah like my job for me is like bring the awareness so that people can have that like oh shit moment i need to like actually do- go do something in my life not just sit around all day you yeah. know well i i i think that fear is the, the kind of root of the problem i mean like i i've been wanting to do this for a while and I haven't done it out of fear of failing or fear of, you know, people honestly just abandoning it. Be like, oh, that was stupid. That's such a fad, oh, you know, yeah, like, yeah. da, 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 You know, like, so many people I grew around, they're just so fickle, you know. It's yeah. like, but, um, yeah, like, people who have the courage to make that exploration and really just dive into it, th- those are your leaders, you know. The, I mean, the, there's a certain aspect where you got to, you gotta be a light for other people. Otherwise, you know, you, you want to affect the change that you want to see in the world, you know, like change yeah. the world, how you want to see it. When odds are a lot of people are going to be, you know, see it the same way. Yeah. And you have to like the thing you decide to do, it doesn't have to be like this one thing, like this one big crazy like thing, like it is in movies. Like I do the podcast cause I think it's fun to do it. And like, it's therapeutic for me to like speak. And like, I saw a quote, it was like, the, like the longer you internalize your thoughts and stuff like it's just gonna get heavier inside so like you might as well just write it say it like draw it or like whatever you're into but like for me i need to do it so if i don't record a podcast like i haven't recorded a podcast in four or five days now and i'm like i was like itching i was like i swear to god if this motherfucker cancels i was like i'm gonna record it anyway like at home if you don't yeah. but uh i was like itching to do it because like i put it out i do not give a fuck who sees it like i don't like I, I mean I posted I'm like hopefully it does well mm-hmm. but I don't go and check like hoping there's a hundred thousand views like I don't give a shit really like I would love that I'd love for me to be able to do this full time but I like doing it and when I post I don't worry about anything and that's like you have to have that mentality with like anything that you try and like put yourself into because like some people are gonna think it's dumb uh and like who gives a like it doesn't matter because like it's your thing it's like your vision that you're executing and that's hard to like relate to I guess unless you've like done a thing you know I just remember what you said earlier about um how you wouldn't take away any part of your past I feel like that's that's got to be almost mainstream now like don't regret your past because it built you to who you are you know like that's pretty like almost common knowledge like a lot of people I think fuck with that idea 
But, well, because like that, that trauma becomes your identity. Yeah, it becomes your identity. And, but what if it's and, something and, you don't like? Well, like that's the thing. Like it, it, it becomes your identity. Either you conquer it and it's a star on your chest of, of an accomplishment, or it keeps you in a stronghold and keeps you hel- uh, being held back. And either way, it's an identity. Like I identified with anger, depression, etc., drugs, you name it. That was my way of identifying with my um anger and trauma and you know all that other bullshit but as i've come out of it if someone confronts me with something it doesn't hit me as vulnerable like as you know um sensitively as it would have you know someone insults me now it's like you know what i've been through you know like (laughs) like your fuck you doesn't even graze me like it doesn't it's not even a blimp on the radar like go fuck yourself too what do you think about people who don't have even remotely of a tough past. Like, they just handed everything. How are they going to get through life? Like, literally, how are those people going to make it? Because they're, they're well, snowflakes. They're going to... I mean, besides on their parents' dime, like... Like, once they go on the real world, like, you need the calluses. Like, you need those just, like, fucking low, low, low moments yeah. to, like, get past the next thing. Because, like, if you get past the first one, you have a little more confidence that you can get through the next big hoop that happens but if you don't even have one and you just go into life like i feel like you have to go and get calluses like you have like that's like your call like okay you have had everything like handed to you at this point mm-hmm. go and do something dumb almost or not dumb but like go and do something like a little more risky like high risk high reward kind of thing yeah that how, way if, how, if, how if it fails like yeah you have to i think otherwise like you'll never you'll never like get anything done. Like it'll be like a video game, but you never try anything different. You just go by like the walkthrough, you know? Yeah. Well, it, it, have you ever played Minecraft? I've, I've played a little bit of Minecraft, but I never got into it. I think it was just too much work and I just never got into video games, but well, I'm sure the- a fuck ton of people have played Minecraft. I know a lot For of all people. the Minecraft <laughs> people out there, it, it's as an analogy, it's like playing uh, Minecraft on creative. You know, if you never turn it to survival and, and actually like something can actually attack you, or you could fall. You know, it's not that fun. Yeah, I mean, it's true. Like, that's like with everything. I specifically with psychedelic drugs. We'll get into a little bit of this. <laughs> but uh, the first time I did it with you, mm-hmm. we were in the apartment. And we stayed in the apartment for like three hours. Because we didn't know what we were doing, really. And for some reason, I could not get myself to walk out the door. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't know what's out there. I'm too scared. I was paranoid. I was nervous. And like I kept like looking out the door and I was like, ah, like, I don't know. And then finally we were like, we're going to go. Like we got to leave. I forget what we were doing, but we had to leave. We were going to get pizza or something. It was something dumb. But I remember we were all like, just like, okay, let's do it. And we're opening the door and just walking outside and being like, but then five minutes later, I was fine. You yeah. know, but if I had never done that, nothing bad would have happened. But it's like, why would you not go and push the boundaries a little bit? Otherwise, like if you live in your little bubble forever, you can't grow or mature at all. And like, that's the whole point of, like it has to be the whole point of living mm-hmm. to just do things and like try things like just like a video game is yeah i think at least i don't know what do you think i mean i i think without stress you really don't like you know, like you said grow as a person yeah. I, mean, I feel like you know a lot of our society tries to avoid stress as much as possible um bad i think they like try and differentiate like which kind of stress is worth it like you have to decide what's worth it for you yeah you know like don't stress stuff you can't decide like if it's not in your hands what like there's there really isn't any like reason to stress. We're still gonna stress, mm-hmm. but like that's the kind of stress that you need to try and like push down because it doesn't help you, and it just like 
decreases your telomeres, which I learned about in gerontology. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, like those kind of stresses aren't worth it because they don't bring you any kind of value at all. If I ever run for politics, run for some kind of political office, I'm going to run on that. My, my slogan is going to be, um, you know, David Spivey for president. Let's smoke about it. And then uh, my first policy is I'm going to like hire the best biological engineers to bring back the man-eating golden eagles of New Zealand. And then my second executive order would be give everyone a shotgun. Like men, women, children, I don't care. Like everyone gets one. <laughs> to like put some like... Uh, to solve to like 80% here? of our nation's problems. How so? So one... Like, survival of the fittest is now a thing. Mm. All right? Get with it. True. Secondly, um, you need stressors. If you make it through childhood without being snatched, you know, good for you. You know, you, you got through some trauma. It's all good. Um, on top of that, I think it deals with the firearm issue a lot. You know, if yeah. everyone needs a firearm that we're not talking about anymore. That's true. That's, you know? that's one angle for sure. I'm, so, I'm working on my utopia, so... Oh, uh, I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so for playing devil's avocado here, what do you say to people who say, why would we, in a sense, de-evolve, de devolve to having to fight for our life again when we've worked so hard to create a world where we don't have to worry about getting eaten by a bald eagle? Because how good is it now? Like... It's trash. It's horrible. It's, trash. it's so easy that we're looking for like purpose again. Yeah. Like so much purpose, we're all just like crying about it now. Like, how many of us would give up this life to just be back in the time where you like go slay a dragon or something? You know, like yeah, I know dragons so, are real, but but when you, when you bring so if you were to bring back these eagles, at some point in the next ten years, someone would just come up with a way to kill them all. Like that would be the next course of action. Okay, get ready. To, let's let's try and kill them all because that's like what we do we solve problems mm -hmm. so as soon as you introduce it we're just going to solve it and we're going to be right back to ground zero a hundred years later well so all right so if, if you would actually want to like pull this off you would have to do it in a very um like very unified manner um in order to pull this off i would say you'd have to like gather the nation or gather the world or whatever and be like all right what are our values and our goals as a society and as a people you know like what what can we all agree on that we all are living for? Because like I, I've met some really fucked up people who all they want to do is live in a utopia. Like the will to have a good, you know, sustainable, um, engaging, stimulating life is very high. Everybody wants that. that. That's literally everyone's goal in life. And it's like, all right, so why can't we do that? It's not for our limited resources. We have enough resources. You know, what, what's keeping us from doing it, you know? And I, I think as uh, people, if we sat down, we said, all right, these are the values that we can all agree with, you know? We, we Like, for one, we don't condone murder, you know? Self-defense is cool, murder's not. Boom, there's one. You know, we can all agree on that. Yeah. Um, what, what, what are our goals? What do we want to see come out of mankind, you know? Yeah. Out of the human race, what, what do we want to be our milestones? What... What pyramids do we want to build? You know, what, what do we want to leave behind? How do we want to impact? Because right now we're the only ones, humans are the only species that bring order into the universe. Everything by the second law of thermodynamics goes from state of order to disorder. We're the only things that defy that. It's kind of special in its own right. So I feel why, like why are we not able to appreciate our God-given consciousness, like thought, why can't we not appreciate it? 
know. Why do we always hate ourselves? <laughs> like, why is this a thing? Well, it, I I don't know, cause like the, the the best times I've ever had in my life have literally just been like looking at the sky or looking at grass or shit like that. Just just literally the mere fact that you're able to observe the physical world in such detail and be so intimate with it, it's like it's phenomenal and, and and especially for me like being able to know that i'm in the only time in history where this amount of knowledge can be spread and understood and like you have a grasp of what's going on in the universe like i just find that mind-blowing and we're then at the I, forefront we're like at the front for yeah like the front of like the awakening the Dude, awakening what, what what aristotle and um da vinci and people like that would have given to just know what a high schooler knows now that's Elon Musk. That's he's the, the he's like the modern Aristotle. Like yeah. Elon Musk, he's just like the smart dude. He's the smart guy. You yeah. know, he's the guy who knows how to do everything somehow, or he'll buy the person and just make them do it. You know, like I don't know how he does. It. I don't know where all this money just ha- like popped out of nowhere. It feels like well, like yeah. it literally. I mean, he didn't, but like in the last few years, he went from like sort of mainstream to just like he's the one. If he speaks, everyone's like. You know, well, he, he's a leader in his own right. He's a, such a leader because he, he's doing things. He looked at the world and he was like, "This isn't how I want the world to be that I live in." Like, yeah. like the greatest changes were brought about by people wanting to change the way they were living. Take take Kevlar for example. Kevlar has saved like infinite amount of statistics of people's lives. You know, like so many people have been saved by Kevlar vests. That it was made because this guy was getting so tired of being shot at while he was delivering pizzas. He decided to make a Kevlar vest. Completely, you know, changed the world, changed his life. And it was just because he was like, I don't want to live in this world where I have to live a fear of being shot all the time. And so what he did was he invented something. What happens if every single problem gets solved? What do we, where, what do we even do? Because that would be the ultimate, what is life about? If every problem yeah. is solved and we just, like Wally, we're just riding around in little like, golf carts, you know, like with like screens in front of our face, foods being handed to us. We don't have to worry about anything. Like, do we just become robots and just like kind of meander around life until we die? Like, what happens? No, we, we'd go to war with each other. Why? We, Why would we go to war? We we need some kind of conflict. Try just try staying in bed for three days. People bring you your food. Yeah. People bring you. you get bored. Try staying in bed for just three days sober. Yeah. yeah, that would be tough. Yeah. That would be tough. That would probably lead to more mental illness because we'd be thinking more, which is kind of what you're seeing now with high schoolers. How you know how anxiety's been going out, depression, like all the mental yeah. illnesses are going up, and part of that is because we're more aware. We're we're like keeping stats now more, but it's also because I think so many kids are cooped up. We're at home. We're comparing ourselves even more than we used to be. The kids are starting with social media instead of like how we had it integrated mm-hmm. after we had like 15 years of nothing, not comparing really to just like Instagram became like a thing in high school for us. Like it was like Instagram influencers became a thing for me, like in college almost, mm-hmm. you know, it's only been like five or six years total of like this social media age. It feels like where it's like taking the world by storm, but these kids are growing up with it. And like, dude, the depression rates are just like skyrocketing, but I don't know if it's like real depression. Cause I'm like, are these kids like, are they just like one thing away from not being depressed? Like, are they just like comparing themselves and it's, that's all it really is? Or is it like mental illness, like real for these kids that are just sitting around compared to like the depression you face or the depression like I've faced and the anxiety that like came before social media, this whole thing. 
I wouldn't compare people's uh, depressions, though, because, um, you know, some people feel differently than others. Uh, a lot of your values, who you are, a lot of your identity is made up when you're a very young child. And after that point, it's like, um, you know, something can impact someone else more than if it impacts me. Like, like, like death, death of especially animals. It, it doesn't impact me unless I, like, personally know the animal. Um, whereas, like, my ex-girlfriend, every time she would see, like, a dead animal, it would be, you know, catastrophic. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's a lot about the amount of stresses, what kind of environment you're brought up in. And, and it doesn't negate her pain, and it doesn't negate these kids' pains either. Like, if they feel um, a loss of identity, a loss of confidence, a loss of belonging... Um, and, and especially for me, like I, uh, there's no, I have no desire to be a part of the world I see in front of me. Like, like I always say, like catch me in ten years, just in the woods, yeah. just in the woods, chilling with you know two dogs and running around because that's something I would much rather do. I, I find so much more fulfillment, um, just being in nature, working for what you get. There's no bullshit. There's no distraction. There's no stress. Um, the, the, there was this article that I read one time. It was like titled like "Zebras Don't Get Ulcers" or something like that, and, and um, it, it was telling why. So humans in a sedentary life, we get stress ulcers in our stomachs and mouth and stuff like that, because we're under a constant amount of stress all the time. And it's like, well, that doesn't really make sense because you know, if you're a zebra and you're running around the safari of Africa, you got danger and predators everywhere you got lions constantly trying to attack you so why don't they get ulcers you never find a zebra with a stress ulcer and it's because they their stress hormones go up when they're being attacked and as soon as they find out that they're okay they go back down and stress is actually really is catastrophic on your immune system just shuts it down because like it it just like we can't put energy into the immune system because this is fight or flight and if you stay in that for a prolonged period of time, your body either tries to make that stress that you have an equilibrium or it, it just goes haywire. And and I think that's what people are mostly trying to get away from, you know, like being being in a calm environment where you can have actual human connections and uh, focus on the things that really matter to your biological self. You know, human connections are really underrated, you know. Like, people take their friends, family, other things for granted. People really try to be independent when reality is, like, we're very social and teamwork and communal creatures. And the idea that anybody is independent on their own is just kind of false. I, I would disagree. Like, no one's ever done something entirely by themselves. Yeah, no I wonder why. I don't know. I've always wondered why we always take things for granted. Like, even if it's something really big or like someone saves your life or something mm-hmm. a couple months later you like you're like yeah you're like why do we just move on so quick is it is this generational like are we getting quicker because we just can't stay focused or is it like are we just ingrained we just move on and move to the next move to the next take everything for granted like why do we do that i, I think that's more just biology um i think people are just naturally very adaptable like the, it's just an evolutionary trait that's made us very very uh capable it's what made us rise to the top of the food chain you know and we started in africa but now you find us in the aleutian islands in siberia all the way down to australia and across to argentina like 
we circumnavigated the globe as a species in a fairly short amount of time, you know, just walking around naked, you know, yeah. our, our ability to adapt and, and our mind's ability to rationalize and then push past things is really unique. Yeah, we're really, really, really good at that. Yeah. But we're also really good at choosing things and doing the opposite. Like, I mean, I think the way, or I don't think, I don't know, but like the way certain things like anxiety or depression happen is you get that stressor mm -hmm. and then it just stays or gets worse, you know, versus like going back to normal. Like, why is it some people, I mean, I, I'm sure some people are just hardwired that we just stress more and some people don't, like some people don't stress. I've, I've met a couple of people who just don't, they don't doubt themselves at all. Mm -hmm. They have no like self-confidence. I'm just like, how? And they're just like, I have no, I just don't. You know, or like some people don't have an internal voice talking to them. Some people think in like sh like emotions and feelings. Some people have like an actual voice. Some people don't have anything. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, we're all so different. But I guess like... I, 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 feel I, like, I feel like a lot of that has to do with how you're brought up. Like if you take Italian culture versus uh, like Korean culture, like no one expresses their feelings in Korea. Right? Yeah, a lot of places. Yeah. But in, but in Italy, try finding a quiet Italian family. Yeah. You know, you're not going to find one at a restaurant. That's true. Yeah. That's true. It, 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 it's, it, I think it's a matter of, like, like, people don't give other people the benefit of the doubt. And then they often realize that that person was brought up in an entirely different way than you were. Completely different values, completely different mindset. And before you go to judge, you got to really understand where this person is coming from. And, and ask the question, why? Like, why is this what you believe? Why is this what you think? Why is this the way that you do this? Why? What is the reasoning for the function of why you do that? Yeah. And we got to choose, like, who we bother finding that stuff out about, you know? Like, can't ask everyone that. You can't ask all my coworkers why they yelled at the customer or something, you know? Like, yeah. you have to pick and choose, like, who, I guess, people you're closest with, like, why certain things happen. Like, I mean, you, I mean, you were talking about, your what was it? I think it was in college when I was dating Meg. Mm. Was like one of your toughest times because you were so angry, and you were. That's what you'd say. Or I think it was somewhere around that time. You said you were like low key about it. Like you didn't tell anyone. You didn't tell me. You didn't like tell anyone. You were just like dealing with so much on the inside. Oh yeah. But. I mean, it's. Like, what were you going think, through? And why? Imagine being rejected from everything you worked really hard for. No one's coming to your aid. You have no close relationships with anyone. You're just completely alone. Um, finances aren't great. Uh, your dreams fell apart. And yeah, you know, that, that's just your existence, you know. What, what made it get to that point where, like, when you found yourself and you were like, oh my fucking God, like, this sucks. How, what even, like, led to that? Like, was it one thing after another? They all happened at the same time? Cause I was in college, like that's when we, that's when everyone around you on the outside thought you were like had your shit together. We were like, okay, this kid's gonna go to like biochemistry something. Like we didn't really know, but like that's what I mean. That's what you're putting out because that's what you, I guess you just didn't know how to like deal with it. I guess or I don't know. I so th this is what I did. So my family environment growing up was far from ideal, um, and. And I, I got a lot of anger from that. I had a lot of anger towards my parents, other people who had done things to me, the people that were around me, and a lot of just 
despising of people not being able to clue into things that I clued into when I was 14. Uh, grown people nearing the end of their lives, still stuck in their own bullshit. Drive me crazy. Um, but I, I basically was like, all right, I, I, I abandoned everything I knew. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to prove everyone wrong. You know, um, I, I did exactly what I thought society wanted from me. And I worked really hard at it. I, I became really good at school. I tried my best at athletics. I worked on my body. I worked on every aspect of myself, scrutinized the living hell out of myself every day. Um, never lived up to my expectations, never lived up to what I wanted. And then just, just to find out that it was all a lie, the system was set up against you, and it's not going to work out the way you thought, that crushed me. And then segue into that period of my life where just walking around, tripping acid, getting into fights with people just to, just to feel, in retrospect, it's really just to feel in control again, you know? Like, there was one thing that I knew I could do and that was if you were in a certain weight category, I, I knew I could fuck you up. Yeah. And especially when I was on asset, nothing to lose. It, it was, it, it was that struggle and that conquering and that emotion of being dominant and, um, and winning that, you know, just like that control that, you know, dopamine, it, it, it felt like you, you were, I was alive again, yeah. you know, that's crazy because those things you're talking about, I was living with you when you were doing all that, or at least for a portion of that time. And like, every now and then I'll get glimpses where I'd be like, what just happened? <laughs> but like, I never like knew, like that stuff that, at least in our three-dimensional reality, like other people can't see that, like the internal waves and like the internal thoughts and like, I guess just like, like your deep like thought processes and why you do things like the the why behind everything is so rooted in like your soul mm -hmm. that like no one can understand that and like even you explaining it like there's only so much you can say to where I can sort of understand but like I can't actually figure out the emotions like bubbling under the surface mm -hmm. and that's crazy that every single human being has those little things that like I never could explain like no one could understand that but me because I went through it even if you went through it right next to me, you saw something different, you reacted differently, you were raised differently, maybe like your parents were different. So not everything is gonna be the same. And that's super weird because like, since we're the only person that can understand that, you almost have to become like cool with yourself. You mm -hmm. know, like you almost have to befriend that. I mean, I don't know if there's like two of me inside, but like sometimes I'll be talking and I'll, say something back to my i'll be like that was dumb and i'll be like stop saying that that that's your ego that yeah. uh sorry that your ego and reality yeah it's like your ego and then like your alter like your smarter ego like the like i read the monk the uh was it the inside the monkey mind or something mm -hmm. and it's basically your monkey mind which is like your complainer the one that's always comparing the one saying like you should be working hard and then the one that's like comes in every now and then and like whips it back into shape and like if you can befriend those two where they're working together cohesively, mm -hmm. then you can kind of like bring some peace to yourself. And like when you when you've got like internal peace, you have like a higher vibration, you know. But yeah. it's so weird that all that happens inside of like your body slash head slash third eye slash soul. 
and like no one sees it. We're just constantly thinking about it. Like we're at, I'm like sitting at work eating a sandwich or something, thinking about my life and like all these billions of things happening in my head. Mm-hmm. And then like my friend goes, "Hey, what you doing?" And I'm like, oh, "I'm eating a sandwich." Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my god! Like when I think about that too much, it like messes with my head a lot, and I'm just like. What are we doing? Like, why are, yeah. we, why are we all having this whole thing happening inside our head? Like, we really are creating our own reality. Oh, yeah, actively. Weird. Super weird. We are the only thing in the universe that we know of that actively brings things into order yeah. and for a function. Like, it's weird to me that, like, I'll look at my dog sometimes and I'll be like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> like the fact that they don't have the baseline awareness that we're at mm-hmm. is just like mind boggling. And then the fact that they've come out and said like some animals at least can do some things for fun, like mm-hmm. how dolphins like have sex for fun yeah. or like, uh, like some, I think it was like, like sharks. Yeah. Like stuff like weird stuff like that or like sharks will kill themselves or like, I don't know what animal, uh, what animal it was, but like some animals will like feel shame. And I'm mm-hmm. like, wow, that's so weird that like they don't fully have the cognitive function that we do, but they have their own version of like shame to the yeah. point where they like go off and like go and like live by themselves or they kill themselves. Mm-hmm. I just think it's all weird that even for the animal, it's inside their like body that is happening. These thoughts and revelations are having. Yeah. I just, it's, it's like so weird that we just walk around and we have these things happening in our head. So constantly. I'm, I'm no expert by any means, but they're, um, and uh, I wish I could remember the names of like all the parts of the brain. Uh, I know one's like the frontal cortex or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So th- th- there's a rationale part of your brain that focuses on, you know, logical problems, general IQ questions. Um, you know, how do I get from point A to point B? How do I, you know, get this objective done? Um, and then there's another part of your brain that's uh, more, uh, it's older and it's like more towards your brain stem. And it's supposed to be like uh, paraphrased your reptilian brain. And these are your impulses from sexual urges to fight or flight. Um, I, I think it's your uh, sympathetic nervous system this is what it controls. And it, it, it's literally like people talk about their duality of nature when there really is a duality in your brain. There's two different nervous systems. There's uh, different parts of your brain. There's different things to control. Different parts of your brain have different objectives and are turned on and off when needed. And, and, and so I, I think that's, I mean, I, I love psychology. I love learning how the brain works. I want to be able to get inside my brain and understand how to fix this and how, how it works, you know, like, you know. How much of that you think is in the brain? Like you think it's all in the brain brain, the physical brain, little thing in your head? Or like, you know, versus a soul or something? Yeah, like where are the deep, the deep stuff? Where's that? Is that just somewhere floating in your head? One of the neural links or one of like the neurons firing, or is it like soul, like spiritual? Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't tell you. Like, I have no idea. Yeah, if you could tell me that, I would be scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're like, oh, it is this. I'd be like, wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> no, watch me walk on water. Oh <laughs> uh, shit. Yo, what I was talking about, um, with how we're all just like walking around, like with with whatever going on in our head. Some people are like daydreaming and stuff. Mm-hmm. That was, I guess the point I was getting at there was with now with the generation with Gen Z coming in and everything, knowledge, drugs, like anything you ever could want is right there. Like if you want something, dark web, you have it. Like Amazon, you have anything you could ever want, any supplement, 
any food, any item you want, it's right there. And like that's becoming an issue because you're starting to see more and more of people giving in to the instant gratification of whatever that is, whether that's posting something and only posting it because you want the likes and you just like want more and more or you get high or you take acid every single day. Like I've heard, I've talked to some people who went through a phase of like two years where they took it every day. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why did you take that? And a lot of, for almost all of them, they say like just to escape, you know, they didn't want to like, they hated the sober reality. Yeah. And that's super interesting because it's technically the only reality that exists in our point of view so like sober like that's that is the point of view that we are seeing right now like right now this is what we see mm-hmm. but if we were to take shrooms right now we would not see this at all we just see like a bunch of moving couches and like stuff like- we'd see a different version of this reality yeah, like a different version but it sucks that this version seems so like crappy compared to the the one that's just like a higher stimulated version which is what all the drugs are doing yeah. but but do you, I mean, do you think it's because, do, do you think life is, uh, I mean, th- this opens a lot of philosophical questions. I mean, like the, the idea that life is meant to be suffering, a very Buddhist quality yeah. um, versus um, maybe there is an end to suffering. And that is just, you know, being able to have all your needs met, having a full enough understanding of the world to enjoy it. Um, I mean, I don't I mean, what exactly is your question with it? I guess it wasn't much of a question. It was more of like just spurring the idea of escapism and like why we feel the need to escape. Like why aren't we oh. why aren't we able or willing to just try something? Why would we rather just do the drug because it's easier? Like why are we so conditioned to take the easier route? Oh, because I mean we're we're afraid to give up aspects of our life. We're afraid of, um, like I mean I I, I do this all the time. Like I I, I take drugs to escape you know like if i gotta kill a day or kill an afternoon or um just don't want to be feeling what i'm feeling at that time like that, that's what drugs are for this isn't a very popular opinion on drugs but drugs are just substances and they can teach you a lot um they can also get you into a lot of trouble because uh, they're illegal well not only because they're illegal i mean like I, th- I think anyone who takes you know shoots up some crack or whatever is probably gonna have a bad time um, whereas I think if you smoke weed or you have trips a psychedelic, I, I'd see that being very beneficial. Like I, I don't see there being a bad experience on psychedelics unless you end up doing something stupid that ends up getting yourself hurt or killed. Um, the drug itself has no effect. Yeah. I mean, it really is about how you, what you try and get out of it at least, or even retrospectively after it all happens, you just look back on it. And for some reason, like somehow, sometimes it'll be like a, intrinsic lesson like you won't even be able to put it into words you just feel different after you take it you know yeah. or you look at something a little differently because of something indirect that happened during the time you were on drugs or whatever mm-hmm. but do you think there's a problem like i've asked this question sometimes because i'll go through phases where i'm like i don't like love weed i don't think it's like good and then sometimes where i'm like weed is great like you, if you use it right but then there's like is it good like even if you use it right even if you do things productively on weed like being high Mm -hmm. is it good like is it yeah i i i don't think so and this is what i've learned because like weed is one of my main escapes like it's why i instantly would go to to uh just get serotonin serotonin boost uh disconnect plug unplug 
And the reason for that is because is I'm not satisfied or enjoying the life that I'm currently. I don't like my reality. Mm-hmm. And I don't think a lot of people like their realities. Yeah. You got the dad pin. Your parents got their wine and alcohol, then their beer and cigarettes. And people got heroin and then opiate, like everything. Everything's just trying to escape. E- even sex addictions. People have sex additions, uh, That's actually an interesting topic, just like anything as a, a yeah. way of escape. Yeah, I- I- anything that gives you a serotonin or dopamine boost, one of the, t- one of the two is related to your reward system. But um, I- I- anything that makes you feel not shitty in that moment, it elevates you to a point where you feel better about yourself, and, and, and it's not natural, I, I think that's the problem. I think I think people aren't living. No, no. I get, get, I would say getting addicted uh, is a byproduct of the actual problem. Yeah. I, if people were actually living fulfilled lives, because like, as soon as I'm having a good time, I have no urge to hit nicotine or to, like, like normally I would hit nicotine a lot, but doing this, playing sports, do, doing whatever, any other activity, it vanishes from my mind because. I'm engaged. I'm stimulated. I'm enjoying my environment. And that's where people need to be. You know, like I, I always think I always think about a lot of issues as if what if we were to take these issues back to the most primal level and like caveman, primal village, just figuring out how to put seeds in the ground kind of shit. And, and when you look at it, like, you know, how are we supposed to live? Like we were supposed to be athletic and we were supposed to be vibrant and alive and eating good shit and like eating a good variety of like green. Like there was a certain way we were supposed to live. We were designed to live a certain way. And once you start altering from that, you have issues. And if you look at our technolo- technological increases over the past 300 years, you know, if you put it on a graph, it's like, you know, you have agriculture and then you have like, oh, yeah, we learned how to work with metal. That's great. And then boom, 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 and you go into an industrial revolution and that shit shoots right up. And now we have iPhones and stuff like this. Like we didn't have th- this world wasn't the same 10 years ago and it definitely wasn't the same 20 years ago. And it sure as hell wasn't the same in like World War Two. But like that's all in a time span of under 70 years. Yeah. Like that's mind boggling. One person's lifetime and the world has changed 30 times over. I, I think that's where most people are at. You know, we got this capitalistic rat race. Not that I'm necessarily against capitalism. I think it has its place, but like we have people just, you know, their value system is for the money now, you know? Yeah. And and so now every other aspect of your life can be sacrificed for the almighty dollar, your family, your health, your well-being, a, a lot of your senses, everything can go by the wayside as long as you've got that dollar figure at the end of your life. Speaking of dollars and money and that being the like driving force behind a lot of things and a lot of decisions people make, mm-hmm. what do you think about the whole Stonks, GameStop, That's a good segue, yeah. uh, Dogecoin, Dogecoin? Yeah. <laughs> like what uh, What I, even is happening? I, I got way too excited about it. Um, I spammed everyone in my contacts. Everyone knew that I was excited about these <laughs> Uh, autists taking over the world as I thought it was at that time. Um, I bought a share. I'm still holding. Of what? Uh, AMC. AMC. Yeah. I 
that that was 80 bucks down the toilet but yeah, yeah but it's gonna come up at some point question mark because at some point they do someone yeah. needs to buy it back so it yeah. should but well, well and, and this is actually my game plan behind it like eventually um if the government ever says we can you know start seeing each other again covid restrictions lift people are going to instantly go back to the movies so there's going to be an initial spike um i'm sure i'm sure they gained a little bit of revenue and capital um it, it'll come back up some new hit movie will come out people will want to see it they haven't been to the movie theaters in a year it'll be a big ceremonious moment sell your stock then yeah, I mean, what these Redditors did, well, at the time, what they thought they were doing was starting a revolution. I don't know. What I think is, because I've been keeping up to date a little bit. I think the, like, the, um, the idea of it is more big than, like, the actual money that people were making from it. The yeah. idea that they could take from these big hedge fund corporations. The problem is, they have so many billions of dollars, these corporations, that even though they lost, they somehow still were able to weasel out a lot of these, like, money issues they were supposed to have that yeah. we thought. Well, see, I, I wouldn't necessarily look at it as loss. I think I think a lot of media would want you to look at it as a loss for these writers. But at the end of the day, these people collaborated online, said, hey, who wants to take their money, put it on a kamikaze plane and just crash it? You know, and, and, and people were like, this is a suicide run. You know, there's no way. You can do this. Market market manipulation is for the big guys. We're the little guys. You can't do this. The fact that they force Melvin Capital to have to, you know, bring money from other hedge funds, and that they were in a complete panic, um, so much in a panic that they had misinformation go out on through the media. Uh, they started pumping silver because they had shares in silver. If the silver price went up, they were able to sell their shares to cover their losses. Um, they were able to do a lot of stuff through this and I, I think it succeeded in its goal. Some people made money, some people didn't, but like you said, the idea of what happened, the statement that was made, I think that has a lot more ramifications than people realize. Um, I think people are very tired of the status quo. Um, it's not helping anybody and I think people are pretty fed up with it. How fed up though? Because you've seen GameStop, AMC, Nokia start off strong. Yeah. Three days in, everyone sold their shares. Three days, literally, so many people yeah. gave up. Cool. Like, why is it? Is it because they're trying to get from like trying to join this thing, but they don't actually believe in it, and so they thought it was a quick fix to get money, mm -hmm. and pulled out when they realized maybe I'm going to hold this longer than three three days? Because mm -hmm. the idea was that people were thinking that the hedge funds were buying it back like within a week. Mm -hmm. And they're gonna be able to just cash out, but when they realize hedge funds can actually push back their dates apparently as far as they want, they're like, oh wait, so I have to hold this for X yeah, amount of yeah. years? No, no, I'm pulling it out now and eat the losses or whatever. Well, it, isn't that inherently the problem at itself? Like, like institutions, hedge funds, government, uh, school, some school systems. Like, there's a lot of things in our world that don't abide by the same rules we do. Yeah. Um, we are held to the letter of the law. They are held to the interpretation of their law. That is a complete difference. Um, I, and people are starting to realize that, you know, like, you know, j just take uh, like race relations and stuff like that. You know, you have, um, you know, so quote unquote called privileged individual, privileged white person who gets let off is because they're, the cop is like, I'm signed to enforce the heart of the law and my interpretation of the law. 
and seen as that you're not a threat, you may move on. Whereas if you're someone else, you know, lower on the economic stat- status, um, you look at that person and it's like, yeah, well, I'm going to invoke the letter of the law onto you. And we're going to hit you with every subsequent charge, whether it really matters or not, because we can, because we have these rules in place. And, and, and I think when people were in denial for the longest time that the game was rigged, financially, politically, in a lot of ways, you know, a lot of ways the game is rigged. Not, not saying that's an excuse because people take that to victimhood instantly. And I, and I absolutely hate that shit. You know, if you're, if you're going to roll over and wait for someone to come pick you up, just go ahead and roll over and die because that's not how the world works. Like, I, had, I learned that one of the hardest ways possible. It is no sweat off anybody else's back to be able to figure out that they need to, you know, get their own together. And at, and at the same time, don't negate the fact that, you know, apes stronger together, you know? That's, that's the whole point. You, the biggest thing is that, like, this ripple effect that this is going to cause is not directly at all related anymore to GameStop or Do- even Dogecoin or anything. It's not related to any one thing. It's just the, like, the seed of an idea that, like, we have a fighting chance to, like, set the bar more fair for the people. And even though pretty much the hedge, fund, the hedge funds won this round, like, they somehow lost and won after. And... You know, every time people start a revolution, like the capital thing, like even that where they like, they went and just did something different. The government didn't know how to react. They kind of took lost the battle right there, but then won the war after, like how it seems everything works out for the government in the end. But we're starting to realize that our, the bigger we like scale things, you know, like the whole um, Black Lives Matter, like the riots and all that, like they started to like really ramp up and in the end, like, the government still got it under control, like, got under control, in quotes, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But we're starting to realize that we're having more and more and more and more control over our own destinies. Yeah. And I think at some point, there's going to be, like, the coming of where we, like, finally set the, the bar straight or something. Like, I don't know if we ever will. But I say it's, like, the belief that we can. Yeah. That wasn't there before. It was just to not. We were aware of it. We couldn't do anything about it. Now we're aware of it. We're sort of doing things for it. And we're kind of seeing some results. Maybe the next step is we try something and it works and we actually win something, you know, something big for the people. Yeah. I don't know. I I think that's definitely, uh, you're hitting on the emotion of most of our culture right now. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how that's going to manifest itself. Uh, I have a few theories on what might happen, but, you know, if 2020 has caught, taught me anything, it's to really just expect the craziest. But... But at the same time, be optimistic. Like, um, I, I, I'm fairly pessimistic in most of my things, but I've really tried to alter that because it, it, it provides nothing. There's no beneficial quality to being pessimistic about it. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of how exactly... It, it, it's definitely an emotion that we saw with that Reddit. Um, I mean, it was the a Reddit movement. Stocks. We wanted to, like, be part of, like, a people's movement, you yeah. know? And it, it, it was cool for a lot of people. And I wouldn't say it was a failure at all. No, I don't think... I think they lost the battle in the sense a lot of people lost their money. Yeah. But they, they, they didn't get the big payout they thought they were. Yeah, about. but it's not about that. Like, that's not what the movement is about. It wasn't about getting money from GameStop, you know? Like, it was about taking back some, some leverage just a little bit. Well, how many people, yeah, like, just wanted to stick it to the 
to those hedge funds. And a lot of people are willing to eat it. Like a lot of people are down hundreds of thousands of dollars right now. And they're like on Reddit. Like I've seen some subreddits and they're like, I'm down like 400K right now and I don't care. And there's some people who pulled out and just lost, lost the profits. But there's some people who were like, I don't care. Like I just want to like, I want it to be level and somehow sort of fair, you know? Mm -hmm. And they're willing to like sacrifice their their money for it. I mean, they probably have millions of dollars if they have 400K in GameStop. But like, I mean, that's cool that we're starting to like kind of pull together and pull something together. Like I can't, you can't get anyone to do anything. Like we can't even get seniors to all walk out at the same time on senior walkout. Like the fact that these Reddit people online have such a tight, strong, like, fan base type deal where they're like willing to actually go and do the thing mm-hmm. that's unbelievable and i'd never i don't think anyone in the world thought that anything on that magnitude could happen i mean the fact that gamestop went from like ten dollars to 300 is yeah. a completely absurd yeah i mean that should not ever happen even like the hedge funds if they pulled together that wouldn't happen you know mm-hmm. like it's unbelievable how how that worked out and i don't know that i feel like that's a big dub for individuals it was a big statement and i think for the people that really bought into the idea for them individually i think they're really like high-spirited right now like really feeling on top of the world i mean i i i still feel good about because like like i mean you 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 know me i mean most of the audience doesn't but you know me i i'm so much against the status quo i'm i'm for anything that's real change you know positive negative i don't care rock the boat Rock the boat, you know, like shake something up. I want to see people have to take some initiative, you know, like we need some external motivation to get people to solve this issue. Like people don't want chaos. People don't want unfair, uh, unfair checks and balances. They, people want a livable state of equilibrium because like we said, stress and violence, they're expensive. You know, violence is expensive on your health. Stress is expensive on your health. It's not things that you want. So I, I think people, everyone wants to come to a, a state of equilibrium and equality and fairness. What's preventing that, though, is said institutions, private, public, governmental, I don't care what they are. Lots of the institutions out there just have no functionality except for taking people's money. Do you think, so with this ripple effect that this inevitably will cause in foundations, big government, small government, people, is this going to ripple into other facets like education, like church? Like, is this going to spurn some type of world revolution where like Asian countries, like people in like, like Japan or something who don't usually say anything about their emotions suddenly start speaking out or people in the education factor start saying, you know what? college should not be $30,000 a year and like actually doing like maybe the students get together. Do you think we're on the cusp of like real change in something that matters like education or something like that? Not by the traditional means. Um, I don't think any politicians going to bring it about like this whole Reddit thing that happened, like the fact that people came and did something. Do you think that's going to leak into other type of things like that? Oh, I, absolutely. I, I think it has, but, but I think this emotion, this attitude has been alive ever since, and, and even on an international scale, ever since the George Floyd riots. Um, that was the first time that we ever saw an international participation in a single event, in a single moment and movement. That that was historical. And people, 
people looked over that. The fact that on the same day in different areas of across the world, um, over a long period of time, people showed solidarity for something that they thought was wrong. And, and, and that's impact, impactful. You know, you see across the world, like, well, most Americans are really caught up in what's going on in America, but across the world, uh, you know, Russia, you know, uh, Putin's assassinated Navalny, or he tried to, and now he has him under arrest, and there's like rising up there. China and India are at conflict. Myanmar just got a coup ran over or ran through, um, took over the government. Uh, Australians being threatened by war by China. Like, there's an international cry for this aristocratic class status quo to be gone. People are tired of being just in the 99% and just being, you know, categorized as, you know, cogs and machine. That's what they feel like. And after a while, people just like, you know, why is life worth living if you're simply just that cog? I would, like, you know, myself, I would much rather be out of the system, be away from the protections and security and assumed safety that this system provides me. I would rather be completely autonomous, have bears sniffing my tent every night and being shivering cold and wet half my days much rather have that than this false sense of security and this um yeah and just that feeling of never living your fullest life like i want to die doing something exciting or die you know thinking about the exciting and fulfilled life that i had you know no part no part of me was like whoo thank god i played it safe you know, I never took any chances. I have a secure retirement and my pension runs out right as I'm dying. But a lot of people, we did it. A lot of people, especially in the older generation, are cool with that. Like pension, oh, I'm good. I got my TV, got my beer. I'm set. I'm done. That's when it meant something though too. Like a, a pension actually meant something. Like like people got paid way differently than they do now. Like, like I mean, the, the, I would have to do more research to really give a professional argument on that subject. But the pay difference and employee treatment um, now and then was hugely different. And, and the only time that you see like um, union busters and the factory workers and stuff like that is when you have large conglomerates, you know. And, and, and that is quite simply just government's inability to put fair and effective regulations on um, businesses because they can be lobbied, which is just stupid. It's like, yeah, so everyone voted you in to help them, but I'll give you $100,000 just to not do that. It's like... Well, you're starting to see a lot of people who... Well, I guess I'm curious to know your, your opinion on this at all, but like the whole religion, abolishing religion, the people who were like starting as these Catholics or something and realizing they're like, hold on a minute. The stuff I sign up for, the thoughts, the values and beliefs that I thought were Catholicism are not exactly what I thought, and maybe I should not be part of this. And these people are like, well, for a lot of people, religion just in general is like a place to where they can feel a part of something, where they can get some value, some meaning out of life, to be part of the church, be part of the church service, like doing whatever. But now with this woke movement, people are like, well... Did you know the church killed all these people, you know, 500 years ago to get everyone to become Catholics or, or whatever? Like, I just picked Catholicism because yeah. it was the top of my head. But, like, whatever it is, like, people are starting to 
get away from that. And when you're saying the status quo, they're trying to like change the narrative of like human, like kind, just like actively right now. But like, what are your thoughts on, just, I guess just religion in general? Like, why are people willing to buy into religion? I mean, your cult was that basically a religion, yeah. you know? I, I think it comes out of a large part of fear, um, that false sense of security. Um, my personal, like, I, I'm not religious anymore. Um, I was, um, tried really hard at it, tried, gave it my damnest to really give it a shot. It never worked, never paid off. And I, I never got anything from it. I never got a tickle or a feeling or anything. Um, I think people do. Do you think people actually feel it? No, I, I, I think, I think people convince themselves that they feel things. And I, I think, I think religion has a lot of psychological help. And I think honestly, religion, uh, once we get further along in our evolution, I think it might be even classified as a uh, milestone in our evolution because it really, all right. So like, uh, imagine this, like, you know, you got no clothes, you're in the cold, and you're with a small group of your family and friends, and you're trying to survive. Um, you finally start figuring out how to overcome these problems of immediate food. You know, you start agriculture. Agriculture gets going. All of a sudden, you're like, wow, I got a house. This fire will keep me warm. I have food grains stored up in that barn. I'm good. What do I do now? Yeah. And, 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 and these fears and stuff. And I, I, th I think what I think what religion does is it provides community and it provides a lot of the social fabric for psychological healing, um, mandating that people come together in communion, mandating that people come out and socialize. Uh, food's often a part of it. The, the the one thing that I really got from religion is that it has a lot of socially beneficial qualities. And, um, you know, I mean, if you look at the, if, uh, any religion, you know, like most of their values are like, yeah, love people, be there for people, take care of each other. Um, and, and, and also, and, but there's also a nefarious part of it. Um, like, you know, take the crusades, for example, um, uh, fight for God, you know, like go kill people and go die in the name of a deity. Um, I, I, I think it's just a way like in, in that particular instance, you know, if you have a entire population believing that there is more out there than just what they can see that there's a afterlife a Valhalla or whatever they're going to live and die and fight fearlessly because of that belief I mean, you know if you can trick the brain into thinking that this what reality is isn't reality eventually it will accept it and then it will act accordingly you know so that's why you have great warriors not fearing death because you know they'll be in Valhalla and be rewarded immensely. You know, there's always rewards in the afterlife. And I think the main purpose of that is to take your perspective off of the sorrow and the pain of this life and to put it on something constructive. And I think that's where Buddhism personally subscribes more to me because I don't see Buddhism as a religion. I see it as a philosophy. The idea that, yeah, the idea that you accept that there is going to be pain and suffering and hardships in life. But that's a good thing. You know, and that's what this world is. And you just accept it. Like, for me, the greatest form of bravery is just being able to accept reality on reality's terms. Be able to sit yourself down and be like, this is my reality. This is where I am. I flip burgers at this place. 
I haven't done this. I haven't done that. And I feel like this. And you just accept it. Yeah. And to fucking cry about it if you have to. Well, there's but, so many people who feel that. And they don't think it's... They think they're, like, less of a person for it. Yeah. Like, they're like, well, why... Everyone also thinks that their pain is unique. Or that their pain, no one could understand. Or that no one wants to understand. Well, one of the biggest things for me as a kid that really made an impact is... I remember when I finally got a phone. And I was finally, like, on social media and stuff like that. And I saw this video and a meme about... Um, it was making fun of the fact that we all would play with that little spring thing on the behind the doors. And that's when it started to really click for me. I was like, yo, we're all pretty much the same. We're all the same hardware. We just have had different data put into us, different experiences inputted into us that has changed our software. Our software operates differently based on our culture, our upbringing, personality, genetics, stuff like that. But at the end of the day, our hardware who we are is essentially the same. Our desires, you know, like everything, you know. That's why I love TikTok because I, I start having a couple of those like revelation thoughts when I saw a couple tweets mm-hmm. and I was like, man, I, I did the same thing. And then I was like, oh, weird. Like that must've just been a coincidence. And I look and there's like 500,000 retweets. I'm like, oh my God, We're, we all did that shit. What the, I was like, that's really weird. And when TikTok came along, and, dude, the amount of videos I've seen where they said exactly word for word something I've said. Like, word for word, some idea that I've thought of in my head that was all from me. Mm-hmm. And they said the exact same thing, same realization. They found the same thing. They did the same thing when they were a kid or whatever. And I'm like, oh my god. Either we're all one person, which is probably what it is. I don't know if you've seen the egg. Have you seen the, um, the animation? Mm-hmm. We, may have to, we may have to watch that video. <laughs> so it's... It's basically the idea that we're everybody and we're all just living our like one human being life at a time until we've lived everybody's and then you wake up and became like a uh, woke god version of yourself. Whoa. This is the idea. But uh, either it's that or what we, we, you said is like we're all hybrid the same. Just like growing up in yeah. different like areas and stuff. But dude, TikTok is unbelievable. It's so unbelievable. Like. It's such a helpful app too. Like I've learned so much on the app. I've never learned anything from Instagram. Yeah. I don't know if you have, but I've never heard anything on Instagram that made me feel great or like <laughs> learn something new or I'm like, oh, I'm glad I looked at that post, you know? Yeah. But like there's TikToks where I scroll, I'm like, wow, I, that, I fucking needed that TikTok, you know? Yeah. Or like someone will be talking, I'm like, I can't believe people are just sharing some of these ideas. And like, I love that they can go viral. I've said this in some of my podcasts, like the fact you can go viral for posting a video of like, you doing essentially nothing like you just fucking around with your friends and it goes viral i'm like that's amazing because we're not even like going after like highlighted moments some people are crying in their tiktoks some people are venting some people are screaming some people are jumping off cliffs like everyone's just posting whatever they're doing Mm -hmm. and like getting so much clout but it's like because those people like care about that video or like they relate to that video and that's so like dope because it's kind of like reddit how everyone came together for like a one common belief and now tiktok everyone's like finding little groups that they didn't know existed and like that makes them feel more comfortable in their own skin because they're like oh other people are doing this shit too like i thought it was just me and like that's why i think tiktok i think tiktok might stay around like forever yeah because it's just so great well it provides a valuable sense of community i mean like you 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 find like-minded individuals you find your commonalities you find your similarities and i mean that's that's extremely what we need right now like people are desperate for it It, it's kind of fucked up like when, when did life 
not become enough. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like when like I had fun as a kid. Like my my life sucked as a kid. Yeah. But I had a shit ton of fun a lot of times. And I would do anything to go back to the level of presentness and yeah, and the presentness and valuing time and time just moved differently as a kid. I don't know if that's just a fact of getting older, but like, like I was more there. I, ha- I had more emotions. I was more free. And I, f- I-, I don't feel like, like it's when I'm tripping, that part of me comes out again. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm a child and, and like, and I'm a really uptight individual a lot of times. Like I try not to be and And, and at my nature, I'm really not. I'm really uh like flamboyant with my actions like i love being goofy i love doing stuff like that but there's a lot of like fear and insecurity that you know holds me back and holds a lot of other people back i I can't tell you how many people just bloomed as soon as they got out of college as soon as they got out of that kind of that environment of restriction and uh animosity and like judgment as soon as they got out of that boom they're a new person And people are like, oh, wow, you're the, the, you're the better for it. You know, it's like, well, they were finally able to be themselves. And I think that's, you know, people aren't able to be themselves. And it's really, and, and they're not uh, able to fail. That's, yeah. that's my big thing. If you, like, normalize faults, normalize failing, um, especially with, like, social media and stuff like that, if all you ever see is people winning, um that that raises nothing but animosity that raises nothing but jealousy and stuff like that like like leaders jobs like when when you're like an influencer or you're anything like that you know it's not your legal job but there is a form of responsibility like social responsibility that listen you have a platform you have followers you have people who are looking to you in desperate or good times or whatever it may be and that doesn't mean that you need to confess form to a certain rubric of what you need to be like but it means that you need to be genuine and that you need to have and be a degree of selfless like if, if you're in that position i feel like you have to be in a degree of selflessness True. Yeah, and, and willing to like display your own faults be like this is where i went wrong let me show you how to not make the mistakes that i made and let's all get to a greater understanding and a betterment i don't know but nobody else has that mentality though (laughs) how's that hit yeah kind of just slaps you around a little bit (laughs) so the rest of this podcast will only be uploaded on spotify for reasons i will not disclose 